right, man, we are so glad that you're here. Thank you so much for coming again. If you're new, welcome. My name is Brian. I'm the pastor. And at Pathway, we want to help you know God find family, and make a difference. That's what we are all about. And so know God is the relationship with him and grow in that personally, that relationship. Find family. Uh, man, get connected with other followers of Jesus uh, here at Path. They're going to help you grow and then uh, make a difference. It's not just about you. It's about bringing other people to Jesus and sharing our faith and impacting our community. And speaking of, you definitely want to be here next week because for all of December, we are going to talk about a series called Life your city, and, and as we've kind of talked about the last couple weeks leading up to that, um, we are going to do, for the first time ever, the first time in five years as a church, uh, we're going to do a Christmas Eve service. We've not been able to do one before yet. We're excited about it. And I uh, haven't been able to do one before because to rent this theater is really expensive on Christmas Eve. Uh, we've looked into it, and, um, and, and then to, when we were at the high school, we couldn't do that. And so um, anyway, we're really excited. And so again, instead of just telling the community to come to us, which there's times that we do that, we want to go to our community. And so where is everybody in the state of Oklahoma and during December? They're at Yukon Christmas in the, in the park, Christmas lights, whatever you call it. And uh, so we're going to go there and do Christmas Eve in the heart of our city. We're going to take communion together. We're going to worship together. Uh, we've got stuff for your kids, for your students. It is going to be a great family time. You're like, well, um, you know, hey, it's, it's super cold. Yeah, get a coat, all right? It's going to be okay, I promise you. Like, that's just part of the magic of Christmas, okay? So uh, it'll be good, man. We, we can't wait for you to be here. It's going to be really, really special Christmas Eve right there in the heart of our city in the middle of those lights. So we're calling it Light Your City because we're going to do Christmas Eve in the middle of the lights. But then in addition to that, uh, for the month of December, anyone that lives in Yukon that is unable to pay their, their electric bill, um, they're going to contact their electric provider, their provider would contact us, and then we are going to pay their bill so that no one's lights are turned off. Yeah. So you can be excited about that. That's what your giving does. I mean, you did that, so you're clapping for yourself. So that's great. Thank you. Uh, so your giving uh, is going towards that, especially during December. And uh, so we just believe we want to keep the lights on. So light your city uh, that no one would go dark in that. And then also the spiritual element, right? There's Jesus is the light of the world, and we live in a world of darkness now more than ever. And uh, so we're going to talk about that. Really excited. Excited today um, because as we were setting up this morning, I asked someone, like, hey, how was Thanksgiving? And most people were like, oh, it was great. It was fun. And, and, and then one person said, it was not so good. There was a lot of drama in my family. And like, I've been there. I think we can all relate to that. And if there's not drama in your family, they're probably saying that about you behind your back, okay? But uh, hopefully not. But, but really, you're kind of during this holiday, Christmas, Thanksgiving, New Year season, um, there can be, we're around family more than normal. And some of us, that's on purpose. Some of us, uh, we, we live in the same town as our family, but we only see them at Thanksgiving and Christmas. That's by design, all right? And that's okay. We understand that. Um, and, and we're just going to talk about that, about forgiveness today. And we do a series every January. We're going to do it again this January um, called Asking for a Friend, where you submit any question, any question at all, and we do our best to answer it as clearly as we can from the Bible. And uh, the number one question we get every single year, been doing it for four years, this year will be five, uh, number one question we always get is on forgiveness. And so it's a really big topic, and so some of you,
you probably after Thursday or Friday uh, are like, I need some forgiveness in my life. <laughs> I, I, uh, boy, Thanksgiving was not that great, and I can't, I don't really want to see these people again at Christmas. So we're going to talk about that. I think it's really important, and uh, and what the Bible has to say about forgiveness. In fact, here at Pathway, everything we do is based on the Bible. It's our guide for everything that we do. We believe that it is the Word of God, the, 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 the guidance that God gives us in our life. And, and the Bible has New and Old Testament. And forgiveness is throughout the whole Bible. I mean, there's so many examples of forgiveness that you could say that if you were to summarize the Bible into maybe the top three themes of the Bible, forgiveness would be in the top three, hands down. Um, and, and so we're going to look at that, and really we want to look at what Jesus, God as a human being, had to say about forgiveness. Jesus actually talks a lot about forgiveness. In fact, the moment that he's dying, we'll talk about that later, he is actually forgiving people. So, I mean, his, and that's what he came to do, forgive us for disobeying, forgive us of sin, uh, that we can have a relationship with God. But if you want to look at the second book in the New Testament, the Bible has new and old Testament. In the New Testament, it's the second book. Matthew's the first one. Mark is the second one. It's called Mark because he's the guy that wrote it. And uh, Mark is is uh, copying some words of Jesus, and Jesus is in the middle of a teaching or preaching. And this is what Jesus says. It's really interesting. In Mark chapter 11, verse 24 and 25, Jesus says, I tell you, you can pray for anything, and if you believe that you've received it, it will be yours. I just pause right there. We could just preach on that. We could just talk about that the rest of the day, and we all leave here feeling good and, and just warm and mushy, and, and everything is great, and, and we should. I mean, this is true. There's, this is a good, a good statement of Jesus. In fact, it's not just a statement. It is a promise of God for us. Jesus said that, and we take the, the words of Jesus literally at Pathway. And so understand that Jesus is saying literally, you can ask for anything, and if you believe, you will receive it. That's great. I mean, that's wonderful. And we get excited. And oh my goodness, I can ask God for anything. And if I have faith, then I will receive it. It may not be next week or next month or next year, but I will receive it. It may not be how I think it should be or the way I think it should look, but I believe by faith the words of Jesus. So I just encourage you when you are praying or talking to God, use this verse, Mark eleven twenty four, literally like, hey, Jesus, you said, I'm just doing what you told me to do. I'm praying about this situation and, and it seems impossible. I'm praying for a miracle, and I'm believing that you're going to do it, and I believe that you've already done it. And so, man, that's great, but, and, and if we're not careful, we'll stop at verse 24, that sentence, but look at the next phrase, the next sentence out of Jesus' mouth. He says this, but, there's a condition, when you are praying, look at this, first forgive anyone you are holding a grudge against so that your Father in heaven will forgive your sins too. And now the mood went from really excited because we can pray for anything and God will give it to now, oh my goodness, I have to forgive. Now let's just break this down a little bit as we always try to do here every week and, and look at this really phrase by phrase in this one sentence. Notice what he says in verse 25. He says, Jesus says, but first forgive. 
So I'll do anything you ask me. God is telling you today. He brought you to this place the Sunday after Thanksgiving, last Sunday of November, to say, hey, look, you need to know you're praying about something. I'll do it in your life if you believe. But first, forgive. In other words, you notice what he's saying here is is really this, and we don't mean this to be harsh, but it's true. The, the, The reality is God cannot, will not hear or even answer your prayer if there's unforgiveness in your heart. God won't even listen to you pray if there's unforgiveness. Jesus says, but first, I'll do anything, but first, forgive. If there's unforgiveness in your heart, God won't listen to your prayer. Like, well, man, I, I, that's kind of harsh. But it's true, and that's what he's saying. First, forgive. In other words, Jesus would rather have a pure heart than your prayers. I mean, think about that. It is more important to Jesus as we were just worshiping, and that was just such a powerful, I mean, our band is amazing. It's just such a powerful time of worship. And and really, the reality is Jesus is saying maybe to some of us, hey, I don't want to hear another word out of your mouth when it comes to worship or prayer because there's unforgiveness in your heart, and I'm not listening to a word you're saying. First, forgive. In fact, when you were to read the, the, the example kind of outline prayer that Jesus gives in the New Testament, um, it's called the Lord's Prayer, but, but Jesus kind of outlined prayer, the only part when you read that prayer that there's like an asterisk that he goes on to later explain more is about forgiveness. He prays all this stuff. He says, hey, this is kind of the model template or, or kind of a rough outline of a, a good way to pray. But the really, and then he comes back to it, but if you don't forgive, God will not forgive you. I mean, that's the, in fact, that's the second thing here is that what does he say later on in verse 25? And he says, so first forgive. Why, Jesus? So that. I'm telling you why. Why do I need to first forgive before I pray, before I raise my hands in worship, before I ask you for anything? First forgive. Why? So that God will forgive you of your sins also. Listen, you ever thought about how important this is, how real this is, how serious this is? I mean, he says, hey, I won't even listen to your prayer if there's unforgiveness in your heart. And secondly, I will not forgive you if you don't forgive others. I mean, that's serious stuff. I mean, like we can get all excited about verse 24, and we should, but we got to slow down and soak in verse 25, that next sentence. I won't listen to your prayer if there's unforgiveness in your heart. That's as clean, as clear as he can make it. There's no, well, yeah, but this. No, no, no. He meant what he said. And then the second part is is equally as powerful. I will not forgive you if you don't forgive other people. Now, why? Well, understand this. You did not invent forgiveness. Jesus did. In fact, when Jesus is dying on the cross for our sins and being executed, you know what he says? Father, forgive them. The very people executing him and killing him, he says, God, forgive them. I mean, we see this throughout the whole Bible, cover to cover. I mean, one of the biggest themes is forgiveness. God created forgiveness, not you and I. And so really the reality is, and again, not to be harsh, but the truth is that if you can't forgive others, then it really means you have never fully experienced God's forgiveness in your life. If you have a hard time forgiving other people, then it really shows the condition of your own heart that I can't forgive. And I've not experienced God's forgiveness. God's forgiveness is so radical, so life-changing, life 
altering that you can't help but forgive other people. Now, we're going to be like, yeah, but it's not that easy. I understand that. We'll talk about that. But this is the reality of what he's saying. You can't give what you haven't experienced. And if you can't forgive others, then it's a clear indication that you haven't experienced God's forgiveness in your own life. Because you, you can't give what you don't have. But when you've experienced the forgiveness of Jesus in your life and all that you've done and all that he's forgiven you for, then you can easily forgive others. Listen, here's, here's the thing. Unforgiveness is a life sentence of unhappiness. It's a life sentence of being unhappy. Unforgiveness, maybe you've heard it phrased this way. It's kind of a common saying now. But unforgiveness is like drinking poison and hoping the other person dies. What does poison do if you drink it? Well, it eats you on the inside. If you were to die, which you would because it's poison, um, and, and you were to die, they're doing an autopsy. There's no external wounds on your body. Nothing outside afflicted you. It was what was on the inside that killed you. That's what unforgiveness is doing in your life right now. On the inside, it is eating you away. On the inside, it is killing you. And you are rotting to death on the inside. You, you may not realize it. Maybe you do, and, and I'm sure that you would, hopefully. But you're dying on the inside because of unforgiveness. You think that it's hurting them, but it's not affecting them at all. It's killing you. That's what unforgiveness does. Listen, unforgiveness holds us captive. That's the reality. If we could just summarize the words of Jesus here, that's what it would be. If we could just summarize this, this verse 25, this, this sentence here, that, that first forgive so that, what, what is he saying? In other words, unforgiveness holds you captive. But here's the good news. Here's the, the reality that God's forgiveness sets us free. You know, uh, during this Christmas season, you're going to, uh, if you haven't already, um, one of the most, maybe the most popular Christmas fictional tales uh, is written by Charles Dickens, A Christmas Carol. And in A Christmas Carol, not A Christmas Story, those are two totally different things. Uh, but uh, uh, in A Christmas Carol, Charles Dickens, one of the main theater, one of the main uh, characters in this story, a really, really famous story, one of the main figures is Jacob Marley. And Jacob Marley, and, and you're going to see all these adaptations. I mean, even the Muppets have an adaptation of Charles Dickens, okay? So I mean, it's, it's, it's everywhere. And, and Jacob Marley comes to visit the main character, Ebenezer Scrooge, on Christmas Eve night. And he comes to visit him in the form of a ghost. Now, we don't believe in ghosts, so just be clear. It's, again, fiction, all right? But he comes to visit him in the form of a ghost. And they were business partners in life. And Jacob Marley visits Ebenezer Scrooge. As a ghost. And when he comes, I mean, probably you, you're, you're familiar with the scene. If not, you know, look at the Muppet version. It's good, all right? But he comes to visit him, and he is chained to all of his treasure, all of his money, all of his business deals. The treasure box is overflowing with coins. And he's just chained everywhere he goes. He's chained. And what does he say to Ebenezer Scrooge? Jacob Marley says, in life, I form these chains link by link. And now in all eternity, I have to suffer with them. When you have unforgiveness in your heart, you're forming it link by link. Link by link. Everywhere you go, you don't see them. Other people, they might be able to see them, but, but link by link, unforgiveness. And so 
to kind of help illustrate that. We have, a, we have chains. And so when we go through life, and we want to, you know, I want to bow before you, Lord, and, and worship and uh, rise and call, see the goodness of the Lord in the land I'm living in. No, you won't because you're chained to unforgiveness. I wish you could. Jesus wants that for you. But you're going to be chained to that other person. And wherever you go in life, you're going to be limited. Whatever happens in your life, you're chained to them. So to help kind of give this, I got, I got my buddy Rowdy. He's going to come and, and, and give this example. And and so here I am, and, and, and I'm living my life, and things are good. And all of a sudden, Rowdy really messed me up. I mean, he jacked me up something bad. And now I'm, I'm offended I'm mad, I'm hacked off, and what he did is unforgivable. Brian, you don't know what he did to me. I mean, it was unfair, it was illegal, it was unethical, it was immoral, and maybe it wasn't even something that, that Rowdy did to you. Now, not Rowdy, he's about, about the best guy you could ever meet. But maybe it's not that what they did to you, but they did to somebody you love. You don't know what he did to my kid. You don't know what he did to my wife or to my husband. You don't know what they did to me, what they said to me when I was 12, when I was 13, what they, how they touched me and, and what they did. It's not right. And you're right. It's not right. Absolutely it's not right. But the reality is if you don't forgive, what you're doing is you're trying to go through living in the goodness of God and I can take a step forward, but the unforgiveness pulls me back. And I want to raise my hands and worship, but I can't because every time the enemy puts a, I, I, what they did to you and I can't believe it and you got to get even. And so I can't move forward in the promise and blessing of God because unforgiveness keeps pulling me back. You understand you can't reach for the promise and blessing of God with one hand and unforgiveness pull you back with the other. And it's not just that. It's, it's come here, babe. I got rowdy and I got babe. No, her, her name's Chris. She's my wife. And so, grab on to that. And so now it's, it's, I'm upset with what Rowdy did to me 10 years ago, last week on Thursday at Thanksgiving. Okay, I'm upset, I'm mad. I mean, you don't even know. And, and I go through life a little bit. And then now what Coranda did to me. And now I'm offended. And so here's the reality now. I, I try to, here, come with me a little bit. I, I try to come into, I'm trying to move forward. Man, it's hard. It's so hard. I love Jesus. I'm coming to Pathway. I'm praying. I'm reading my Bible. But, Brian, this is too hard. Nobody told me it would be this hard. Because you're chained to unforgiveness. That's why. But Jesus came to set you free, and only he can set you free. And so then the reality is you try to start a new relationship or a new job or you move to a new city and start a new career. But guess what? The ghost of Christmas past or you're still chained to them. The ghost of the unforgiveness, you're chained to them. And so in that new relationship, you've got two ghosts in that relationship. That new job, you've got the ghost of how they hurt you in the past. Because everywhere you go, you're chained to them. You try to move forward, and your life, some of you, and we mean this in love. My name is Brian. I'm your pastor, and I'm your friend. I love you. But some of us, the reality is it's not just two people. It's ten people. We can't see it, but they're there. And you collect enough people, other people in your life are going to look at you and say, well, I'll pass on that relationship. I'll pass on hiring you. 
because they can see the chains in your past of unforgiveness. And I mean, some of you, you're like, well, that's cute, but some of you, it's real. I mean, this is, this is spiritually, if we could put on spiritual vision, this is what it would look like. This is your life. And you try to go in, but man, it's so hard. I mean, you can, you can barely make it, but man, it's tough. You're pulling them, you're pull, and then they pull you back. You get sucked back into it. And then somebody else makes you mad. Somebody else hurts you. And I'm not saying that, that, that your pain isn't legitimate. I'm going to talk about that in a minute. But in, hear me. I think this is from God. Instead of collecting the blessing and promises of God, you're collecting the pain and hurt and chains of unforgiveness. God doesn't want you to go through your life collecting pain and hurt and unforgiveness. That's not why Jesus died. He died so that we could go through and he could set us free and we could worship him and we collect his blessing and his favor and his joy in our life. Thank you, guys. That's good. Forgiveness sets us free. The reality is you're not chained to them. I mean, we think that. Like, oh, I'll just chain him up. And that's what I'm forgetting. I'm going to chain him, what they did to me, what they said to me, and I'm hurting them. But you're chaining yourself up. And you go through. And you think, oh, I'm going to chain them up because of what they did and how they, what they said. But the reality, you keep chaining yourself up. And then you get to a place. It doesn't happen overnight. But I'm saying a year from now, if you don't deal and let God deal with the unforgiveness in your heart, you won't be able to rise before you, Lord, and bow in confidence and see the goodness of the Lord because you're too chained up. You can't raise your hands and worship, figuratively speaking, because they're bound in the chains of unforgiveness. Unforgiveness doesn't chain them up. It chains you up. This is the reality. Listen, unforgiveness shackles you to the other person. When Jesus has come and said, I set you free from that. That's why I died. That's why I suffered. That's why I rose again. That's why I'm here is to set you free from the chains of unforgiveness of that person, of that event, of that thing. I came to set you free to break the chains that you can worship me and have freedom. You want to know the fullness of God's joy, the fullness of God's peace, the fullness of God's purpose for your life, the fullness of his forgiveness. That's what it is. Listen, sometimes you're like, Brian, it's just not that easy. I understand that. I do. I'm a human as well. I get it. I've been hurt. I think every person in this room has been hurt. Some of you, reality, you've been hurt a lot worse than other people. That's just true. We're going we're gonna to admit that and be open and honest. And let me just say this as well, some, uh, from the Christian perspective, if you will, of unforgiveness. It's kind of out there and it's false that forgiveness, uh, you know, you just forgive and forget. No, that's not in the Bible. Jesus doesn't say that. Jesus nowhere says, forgive them and forget it ever happened and then love them and just go on vacation with them and be best friends. No, he doesn't say that. No, what he does say is, forgive, or I won't listen to your prayer, and I won't forgive you. That alone is more than enough reason to forgive. Can I just tell you this, though? The reality is forgiveness is a process. Forgiveness is a process. 
Some of you today, we're going to give you in just a few moments the opportunity to, to pray and have to just ask God, God, help me to forgive this person. And so some of you later today, I'm going to been giving you homework the last couple of months. I'm going to give you homework today. Maybe you need to call them and, and not don't text them, all right, we're better than that. You call them up. Hey, you did this, and there's, you, you know what you did, and I forgive. Some of you are like, it's, it's, it's too raw right now. And if I called them, they're still jacked up in their life, and it would just create all kinds of havoc. We understand. I think God understands that, of course. So what we're saying, though, is maybe you don't have to call them. Maybe, maybe, maybe you do. You know your situation. Every situation is different. And you get that forgiveness. That's going to be the homework. Unforgiveness is a process. Sometimes you'll start today. I forgive them. I'm no longer going to drink the poison. I'm no longer going to be chained to them. Jesus is going to set me free. I forgive them. And then guess what? Tomorrow, the enemy is going to put it in your mind. Do you know what they did? And you might see them on social media. Well, there's a clue right there. Unfollow them. I didn't say unfriend. Unfollow them on social media, all right? But, but do you know what they did? And, and the enemy's going to put it back in your They did this to you. And boy, that really, do you really think that you can just forgive them and, like, it never happened? I mean, no. I mean, come on. This isn't like storm restoration, you know, where we just clean it up like it never even happened. No, this is real. And you can't just move past it. The enemy will put that in your head. I know that he will because he's done it to me. When that happens, not if, but when that happens, you know how you respond? Nope. Jesus, I gave that to you. I, I've forgiven that person. There's still some pain there. My heart is still broken. It's still raw. I'm still healing. You're still healing me. But I forgive them, and I'm moving on. That's how you respond. God, I give my broken, shattered heart to you. Begin to heal me. That's how you forgive. Forgiveness doesn't mean it didn't happen. Nowhere does God expect you just to be like, well, just, you know, that, that horrible thing that happened to you, just kind of blank it out, just kind of whitewash it. No. God's not saying that. Forgiveness doesn't mean it didn't happen. We're not saying you just forgive and forget. No. But we are saying forgive and release the chains that are binding you and leave them behind and begin to put your face forward so that you can see the goodness of God in the land of the living and leave that moment in the past and he'll begin to heal you today. That's what we're saying. And so, you, you, listen, thing, you're going to look back and, and you're going to have those scars. We'll talk about it in a moment. You'll be never more like Jesus as when you forgive others. You'll never be more like Jesus. And that, if you consider yourself today a follower of Jesus, the number one way you can be the, like him the most, and that's our goal, is when you forgive others. Because the number one thing he did for you wasn't heal you of your disease. It wasn't restore your relationships. It was, it was forgive you of your sins against him. How much more then should we forgive others? It's a process, may take several months, may take a year, but we're going to get healing because we're going to give it to God. But the forgiveness process starts today, starts now to be like him. So here's the big takeaway. Here's what we do. Live free in God's forgiveness. Live free. Live in God's forgiveness. Don't live chained to the other person. Don't live chained to the past. Don't live chained to that event. Don't be a Jacob Marley. Live free. The New Testament says where 
God's spirit is. We talked about the Holy Spirit last week. Where God's spirit is, there is freedom. Freedom from unforgiveness. Freedom from the hurt of the past. Freedom from your pain. Freedom. Listen, the pain of your past and what that person did to you can break you. Or you can today allow God to begin to make you whole. But the choice is yours. God so desperately wants to make you whole, but he will never force it on you. You have to be at a place where you say, God, I need you to help me. The chains of unforgiveness can be so overwhelming that they weigh you down and you sink farther and farther into the despair of hopelessness to where a year from now you're not even coming on Sunday because unforgiveness has like thorns wrapped around your heart and pierced it and chains around your arms and feet that you can't even move, that you would just sink to the bottom. The, the pain of what they did, of that, maybe it's forgiving yourself. The pain of that moment can break you. Or today you can allow God to make you whole in the process of forgiveness. You see, the thing is, when you look at the scar of what that person did, you'll, you'll still have the scar of what they did to you, of what they said to you, of how they treated you, of what, of what you did maybe, of, of, of the situation. You'll have that scar, and you'll probably carry that scar until the day you meet Jesus. Here's the cool thing. Look, this is good. When you meet Jesus and, and you've got scars of what that person or persons have done to you, and maybe it's in your whole life, you know what he's going to do? He will reach out his hand and show you his scar on his hands and on his feet that were pierced because he was innocent for our forgiveness. And he'll look at you and he'll say, I see your scars. Didn't mean it didn't ha- I know it happened. I see the scars. But look at mine. Mine were out of love and forgiveness for you. The thing is about a scar not that I have that many. Some of you have a lot. And, but I, I have a few. And every time I look at the scar, you can think of, of one or two. I have one right here on my, on my left arm from when I was 12 years old. I was riding a bike down our driveway. We had a quarter-mile driveway. And I fell over and I scraped my arm. It wasn't that bad at all. But for some reason, it left a big scar. And every time I look at that scar, I can either be reminded of the pain, that, that the physical pain of falling off my bike and scraping my arm and the blood. Or I can look at it and be reminded that my body healed and I'm okay now. I'm good. I didn't have to cut my arm off. I'm good. I made it. You can look back in your past. When you look at the scars, and I have them from people that have hurt me. We've all been there. Again, some more than others. And you can look back on those scars and remember the pain and remember what they did and how horrible it was. Or you can look back and remember God's forgiveness in your life. You can look back and remember God's love and how only Jesus could heal the scar. And so when you look at the scar, you're not reminded of the pain anymore. You're reminded of his goodness. You're reminded of his love, of his gentleness, of his mercy, of his grace, of his forgiveness. The goal for us is that we get to that place, maybe a year, maybe two years, maybe next week, but we get to the place where we can look at the scars of what other people did. Doesn't mean it didn't happen. No, you got the scars to prove it. It happened. We're not saying forgive and forget either. 
What we are saying is through the healing process of Jesus, you get to the place where you don't remember the pain as much, but the scars remind you of his healing and his love. You can't hold on to unforgiveness and God's future for your life at the same time. It will rip you apart. God doesn't want you to have one hand on unforgiveness and one hand with him. He wants you to have both hands for him to receive his blessing and joy in your life. Forgive. Or God won't, Jesus won't answer your prayer and he won't forgive you. It's that real. Live in his forgiveness. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for today. We thank you for your love, for your truth. We thank you for Jesus, your words that are very clear to us in the New Testament in Mark 11, 24, and, and really 25, that we can ask for anything and you'll, and you'll do it, but first, forgive. Why? So that you can forgive us. Father, I pray for any person that would be in this room that has been struggling maybe for years or decades or months of unforgiveness, that today is the day the chains fall. Today is the day healing begins. Today is the day the process of that scar begins to the healing so that they no longer see the pain. They see your forgiveness and your mercy. 